1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because no. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May third. Rated it PG thirteen. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. a Buffalo football podcast hosted. By Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No
0: place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. Right here. When it's too tough for them, it's oh, right right. Oh, yeah.
1: Presented by Syracuse.com and nyup.com. The Bills make me wanna. Yeah.
0: What is up, everybody? Matt Perino here, joined in person, live by Ryan Talbot. We are in New Orleans, inside Caesars Superdome, where the Buffalo Bills got right once again. I feel like we keep playing this game, this, this song and dance, if you will. A letdown and a, a, a massive get-right game, which we saw today, 31-6. to 6. The Buffalo Bills throttle the New Orleans Saints and let's be honest, Ryan, let's set the stage here at the very start. This is a bad New Orleans Saints team. They're very banged up. They have a quarterback that probably shouldn't be playing in the league. They have no running back of note, even though Mario, will- or Mario Addison will tell you, you know, it's an NFL running back. You still got to worry about him. This was a dominant performance. But again, we continue to talk about this team needing to kind of, when it gets down, Get back up again. And they got b- back up today.
1: They did, but you can only have so many get right games in an NFL season. And the, the Bills have to build off of this win now and keep that momentum going. They need that back to back win. And you have a huge game coming up against the Patriots. But before we talk anything about that, <laughs> uh, it was a great performance tonight, and you mentioned it. They, this Saints team was depleted in terms of their roster. Uh, they had Trevor Simian at quarterback. They had Tony Jones and Ty Montgomery at running back. No notable wide receivers. Uh, offensive line, two, you know, a missing player there. And then, obviously, two of your defensive ends uh, that are 1-2 in sacks on your team are also out. So this was a game that the Bills had to win, win, win in a decisive fashion which they did so they got the job done today uh still some areas that left some some room to be well desired but overall i i thought that the bills uh rose to the occasion they answered all the calls and they performed well here uh on thursday night thanksgiving almost said sunday we're a mess
0: we're in new orleans so obviously we we, we went out to bourbon street last night indeed we didn't get after it too bad i mean by the by the time we got to the one place, like you, know, we were. I, I almost did some karaoke, which I think could have been interesting. The cat's meow. Is that what it was called? The oh, cat's yeah. meow? Okay, yeah. <laughs> See how he's got that like voice that he kind of can do there? and <laughs> it's a, All right, we're getting off track. Whether you're celebrating at home or away this weekend, I know you're going to be able to sit in front of the TV and watch a bunch of football games and not worry about uh, the Bills because they took their business. They got the win here in, in New Orleans. Tops has all your fan favorites ready to enjoy for football, entertaining, or any occasion. Where do you want to start, Ryan? Because I feel like we can go a couple different places. Maybe the best place to start is the defensive line because that Love was a it. group that we – last week we uh, – it is last week now, four days ago. That was a group that didn't show up for work, and they, and they needed to. And you know this was a bounce-back game in, in a lot of ways. I thought that they played well. Sean McDermott mentioned their, their energy, but at the same time – This doesn't absolve them for what happened a few days ago, you know? And I think that, you know, Mario Addison, you know, he he kind of said it pretty clearly. And and I think succinctly, I've kicked a lot of ass in this league. I've gotten my ass kicked a lot in this league. And it came down to flushing that game, which I think they did, came out here, set a tone. But what we talked about, Vernon Butler, we kind of said this on the previous show, we expected him to be inactive. He was. We saw more F.E. Obata. We saw um, we saw a lot of Eli Anku and and Brandon Bryant. So the the Bills made some adjustments. Adjustments. I thought they brought the energy, but still, I thought that there's more room to improve.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Listen again. We, we've already stressed this. When you, when you go from Jonathan Taylor to Tony Jones Jr., uh, that, that's a pretty steep decline in terms of talent levels. Uh, offensive line. Same thing can be said. The saints are, are not anywhere near the same level as the Colts in terms of that offensive line play. So the, the bills were playing a lesser team tonight and, and they answered the call. They, they kept the saints uh, under three yards per carry. They were, they were very impressive in that regard, but it does not absolve the issues that they've had. I, I did like some of the moves though, that Sean McDermott made uh, Vernon Butler. This was one of many wake up calls on the roster. You, you can look at Zach Moss, you can look at Isaiah McKenzie as being other wake-up calls in terms of being inactive for tonight's game. But I think Vernon Butler has been consistently underwhelming this season. I think he was consistently underwhelming for the majority of last year before he really started to turn it on uh, late in the year. So it may have been more of a work a wake-up call for him. You mentioned that they elevated two players from the practice squad today. Uh, both of them, I thought, uh, did the... Got the job done. Add adding some some size to the inside of that defensive line. And here's the good news: we, they've been missing Star Tulele now for a little while. Uh, this gives him some extra time to hopefully, you know, get get back onto the roster, get off that reserve COVID nineteen roster, uh, and work out and be ready maybe for this Patriots game because he has been one of the bright spots on this defensive line this season. Uh, tonight, though, it was Ed Oliver and it was Mario Addison, Matt. And I'm going to give first star of the game on either side
0: to Ed Oliver. He was a tone setter tonight. And I don't know, there's something about Thanksgiving in this guy. I mean, I don't know if it's (laughs) because he gets, you know, he's excited about turkey. He was tweeting before the game about, you know, make sure you fry your turkey. And I I think this is a holiday that he obviously likes, but he got after it from the start. It's so funny because at his size, a lot of times when I watch him play, I'm often left underwhelmed with his ability to disengage right off the snap you know what I mean just because because of his size I feel like he's always like swimming downstream he's always trying to like using all of his effort to just plow through tonight every single snap it seemed like his get off was overwhelming this New Orleans Saints offensive line I mentioned it on Twitter if you were following along with the game on there with us Every single time I felt like he was causing disruption in the in the offensive backfield, there was a play where Mario Addison got a big tackle for a loss and everybody was going crazy. I saw a bunch of people tweet about it. It was Ed Oliver's play that allowed that. It forced it, he got into the backfield, it forced the runner to to get off to the side. Mario Addison was there to clean it up. I thought Ed Oliver was spectacular today and as spectacular as you can be in a half sack performance. I think he should have gotten the full sack, number one. I think they didn't give him credit for a tackle for a loss. Also, he had a pass breakup or pass tip, and he had um, two quarterback hits. This was a complete dominant performance from Ed Oh
1: Yeah, I'll actually be surprised if they don't go back and change that and credit him with a full sack. It looked like he was clearly there first in terms of taking down Trevor Simeon. Uh, and that uh, F.A. Obata came in well after the play was over. So uh, I really do think that when all is said and done, you're, you're going to see him finally get that first sack. And, you know, Ed Oliver had about 40 mem- uh, members of his family in attendance mm-hmm. tonight, Matt. So maybe the Bills need to think about uh, giving them tickets to every game home and away and make sure that they're they're here in attendance because he, he stepped up in, in that regard as well. He had to buy them. He, he buy- said he'd buy them, so he, fi- well, he said yeah.
0: he he basically broke out even. He said he played for free tonight because if he had to buy so many tickets.
1: Well, if he has more games like tonight, he's going to get a little pay increase here in the near future, and then those tickets aren't going to be so costly for him. But he was great. He was uh, regularly in the backfield. You already mentioned it. Um, maybe his biggest play was just blowing up that Tony Jones Jr. run on fourth down where he was immediately in the backfield that caused Jones to kind of – Change what he had, uh, what he was going to do on that play. And then it led him right to Mario Addison, who made a really nice play on the outside. Addison, consistent this year. You know, we talked about Jerry Hughes getting a lot of pressures. Mario Addison's been the guy, though, that's cleaned up in terms of Mm -hmm. finishing plays. Now he's only at four sacks, but those four sacks have him atop the Bills' uh, roster in terms of sacks. So he's been very consistent. I thought he had a nice game tonight as well. Um, so overall dominant performance by this defensive line, something to build on. I'm going to go to my second star now, Matt, I'm going to go Dawson Knox. Oof, second star monster game should have, well, could have, I shouldn't say should have, because, um, clearly the penalty was justified in an eligible man downfield, but could have had three touchdowns tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought the one that was taken off the board was his most impressive. He made a nice uh, play on the ball and got into the end zone on that play. But Dawson Knox, two touchdown receptions tonight, gives him seven on the season ties him for first in the NFL right now in receptions, uh, touchdown receptions by a tight end with Hunter Henry, and it gave him a single-season franchise record in Bill's history. He has a real chance to uh, pull away from those other tight ends that he's already passed, but make it difficult for any other tight end to pass him, considering there's still many games left to be played, Matt, and he's already at seven touchdowns. And that's pretty mind-blowing that, one, he's already set the single-season franchise record, Tied atop the league in the NFL for touchdowns at tight ends, considering he missed two games. First of all, Sean, Sean McDermott was asked why he's doing
0: so well, and he said it's, he's, he's using new hair products. <laughs> and Dawson Knox got a kick out of it in the in post game, where he basically was just like, uh, "He said that. Uh, that's it's kind of funny." But he actually says he doesn't shampoo his hair; he just uses a conditioner because he doesn't want to dry it out. Hmm. So you know, styling tips. I'm always, I'm a man that's always going to be there. Pull up a chair. We're talking hair. And, and I'm one that just walks out of the room. Okay, okay exactly. Ox to me, and I think McDermott alluded to this, as much praise as he's going to heap on a single singular player. He doesn't like doing that too mm-hmm. much. He, does, he saves it more for his veterans, and I think Dawson Knox is still in that building mode, and so it, it doesn't happen as often. He's so much more comfortable in his skin. And it's a weird position because for tight end, when you're like a, a highly drafted guy or like a guy with expectation, I mean, he was drafted in the third round. We're not talking about a first round talent here, but in terms of tight ends, I mean, that's still kind of high. And I think when you come into a position group and so much expectation is kind of heaped on you, there's so many other position groups like wide receiver. You're in kind of a pot of a lot of guys. Dawson Knox, to me, over the three years, it's always been all eyes on him. When is Dawson Knox going to develop? When is he going to be that consistent target for Josh Allen when you don't have to worry about Zach Ertz anymore? If you don't want to worry about going out, is Evan Engram going to be a trade target for the Buffalo Bills? No more. They have their tight end. He's a bona fide superstar. We could say that now. I mean, seven – he joked in the post-game press conference, He's like, he was told that he broke the the single-season record, and he joked. He's like, well, that's really, really exciting. There's been a lot of great tight ends. (laughs) Uh, in the Buffalo Bills organization, Dawson. I know you're not watching this, but if you do catch wind, there have not been many great tight ends in the Bills organization. As a matter of fact, I could probably name them right now. I'd probably throw out Pete Metzelares and Jay Reimersma. And, I don't even know if either of them would be considered great. Maybe Matt's just because he was important part of those Super Bowl teams, yeah, but he, not great.
1: You'd have to go back to like the AFL days to really get probably their best tight end in, in there uh, in, in terms of uh, Costa. So yeah, it, it's, it's been an underwhelming unit and, and listen, you look at those tight ends and so, some cases like a Jay Ramers maybe the quarterback talent wasn't always there. And he, he had a few really good years. Scott Chandler was one of the uh, tight ends that was tied for that record. So he produced in terms of scoring touchdowns, but obviously not a, a top-tier player. And Metzlars was part of a Super Bowl roster where he was not the focal point by any means of that uh, team. But Knox, just going back to him one more time, the Bills were very patient with him. They knew that... There, I I can't say flaws in his game, but they knew it was going to take time for him to develop into an NFL tight end because of where he came from, the the fact that he was not a tight end for long, the fact that or he has not been a tight end for long, the fact that he was not utilized at Ole Miss. They saw a a moldable piece of clay in terms of the athleticism, the size, the speed, and they said, if we can bring that together, we can get a special tight end. And you're you're starting to see it before your eyes, Phil fans. a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.
0: From hot to go pizza and appetizers, signature fried chicken, baby back ribs, subs to delicious salads and brownie trays. Tops has everything you need to feed the hungriest fan. You know the drill by now. Get over there. Get yourself all set up. Let's move to the offensive side of the ball. And damn, Stephon Diggs was out here. I tweeted out, I said he was hooping. He's so unguardable. I mean, that's what gets you thinking about it. these guys. Talk about, you know, they're all, all pretty big basketball fans. I know Cole Beasley; he can dunk a basketball. There's a basketball hoop in the in the in the stadium. And it, it, when you see plays like Stephon Diggs had in the red zone today, going one on one with Marshawn Lattimore, absolutely undressing him on a double move, the footwork. I think Lewis Riddick, uh, Monday Night Football analyst, he tweeted about it. It's just a special ability to get open. And and Josh was at Josh Allen was asked about like what what was the route. And he said, "Is Stefan Diggs, go get open route. Like that's, (laughs) that's what it is. I mean, he was out there just creating vibing and, and and that's what makes it so special. And what the bills did today, nine targets. I think if you're a bills fan sitting there at home, you probably would like a a chunk more, you know, especially with the the Patriots coming up, you're going to probably want to see it in that 10 to 15 range. But for the work that he was given tonight, the production level was there. He had another touchdown catch. You know, Stephon Diggs, uh, big game tonight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I actually think nine targets tonight is a lot when you put in perspective that Josh Allen only attempted 28 passes. So Mm -hmm. about one-third of his attempts went to Stephon Diggs. Most of them were good calls. Obviously, Allen's lone mistake of the night was trying to force a ball where Bradley Roby had excellent coverage on Diggs and was able to jump the route. Uh, But, yeah, feeding the ball to your number one Wide receiver is always a good plan. You know, Allen just has to make sure that if there's tight coverage, you, you can't force certain plays in. But Diggs performed well, hauled in seven of those receptions, a filthy touchdown catch where, where he, like you said, he had uh, Lattimore guessing on what was going to happen. And, and then, you know, most of all, it's important, you're right, to unlock him at this point in the season. We talked about maybe the Bills peaking too early last year. This right now, there's still plenty of games left to be played. But if if you can get him on that trajectory where he is getting a third of the targets and he's putting up big numbers for this offense, this is the right time to get him into that group, get him going. So he really stepped up tonight as well, which should come as no surprise to Bills fans.
0: I thought offensively when – The first drive happened, they come out, they score a touchdown. The second drive happens, they they have to settle for the field goal. And then the the questions start creeping in, the mistakes start happening. And this goes back to our original point. This was never a team where you felt like you were in any danger if you were the Bills. Mm -hmm. Because you came out here, you had time to figure it out. My concerns moving forward are next week when things don't go well early, if – Matthew Judon comes in and smashes Josh Allen and gets a big time sack. He's one of the top sack getters in the NFL right now. Um, The way that defense has been playing on all three levels, Bill Belichick's history against Josh Allen. I know that he played well against Bill last year and that Patriots defense, but that's the concern I have is that they had time to figure it out today and they did. And so you got to give them the credit for that because the, the offense did start executing. They looked like they, they responded from some adversity early on, but what happens when the going gets tough against the Patriots next week? The only caveat I'll throw into that is that you're on the other side of the ball. You're probably going to be super healthy. You're going to get Star Latulula back. You think F- figure out how, you know how things went with COVID. You're going to get much healthier on the offensive line. You're going to get Spencer Brown likely back. John Feliciano, who I think is going to add another dimension. Although I will say, kudos to Ike Butker. I feel like he's really pulled his bootstraps up and he's played. Solid football over the last couple games to the point where the, the glaring problem on the offensive line tonight is Deion Dawkins. We'll get into that in a little bit. But just ta- looking ahead to a couple games here against the Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, how concerned are you for, at the, for the Bills and their ability to maybe withstand some lulls against better teams?
1: Oh, I still think it's a concern, Matt. Uh, you mentioned it. They could be much healthier, but you're, you're also talking about two players who have been out for you know a number of games now. And, and you can go back to a Spencer Brown only playing one game over a stretch of so many weeks because of the back injury previously. So Brown is still a rookie, a rookie with incredible upside, a rookie that has stepped up time and again this year, but still a rookie, someone that is is going to get beat at some point this year on a few plays. And against, you know, a... a Patriots defense is playing really good football. Matthew Judon obviously leading leading the way, but just in, in general playing really good football. I, I think there's some worries about a team like that, a team like the Patriots that have shown that they can get after the quarterback. Uh, and, you, you know, obviously a second matchup coming up on the horizon with the Patriots. Uh, they play them two times in four weeks. So the Bills do have to get, you know get right again. There's the the term that we've been using on the offensive line, but I think there's also that silver lining that they're going to run the ball a little bit better with Spencer Brown and John Feliciano back. And and there's going to be better odds of Josh Allen being protected more. And and then that will take away maybe some of those plays that we saw. Uh, And it's hard to critique Josh Allen when he completed 82% of his passes tonight, but he did look uncomfortable. I thought at times in the first quarter, especially when they were uh, the Saints were very successful, kind of causing pressure, getting after him a little bit.
0: Well, you got to put yourself in his shoes a little bit. Right. And, and figure out, OK, what's the big difference? So there's chaos happening for Josh Allen. Like they talked about it today. I can't remember who I think it was Jordan Poyer that said in the postgame press conference, these fans today were so loud. It was, it was the cool loud. thing about being here in person. I'm so glad that you got the experience with me open air stadiums for press boxes are very rare in the NFL. We had, we, we got the experience at Ford field, field in Detroit. Yeah. But it was a preseason game. Um, Baltimore. I believe Baltimore has one. Uh, Minnesota has one. Minnesota was rocking a couple of years ago with the Josh the Allen Leaf game. game. Yeah. But tonight, I mean, you could really feel it. Like the introductions were really cool. So that there's three prongs to this. Allen's dealing with the crowd noise. That's something that people are always still bringing up about, you know, you know, I feel like, the wheels start spinning for him when he's dealing with all of the extra curriculars. That's number one. Number two, the pockets are muddy. They're muddier. Even when the, when the offensive line played better, which I thought that they did tonight, especially on the interior, there's still plays where guys are at their heels. I mean, we just put out, uh, right nipping at his heels there. We put out that story from Sean McDermott talking about the, the miscall by the officials in the third quarter when, um, you know, the defensive tackle lunged at Josh Allen's leg, took, took him out low. You know, that's just one example. Those kinds of things sit in a quarterback's mind. And when he's dealing and kind of moving around in the pocket and then, also throw in there that additional layer of how teams are playing them, you know, that too high safety shell taking away the deep part of the field and he's pressing at times. The one deep Paul to, to Stephon Diggs, I know there was an offensive holding penalty. So to get called back anyway. It was on Deion Dawkins. You know, you could tell that he was just pressing and he saw just a, a, a sliver of an opening and he just un, uncorked the cannon and, so all those kind of three things I think are working against him for him to have a game like this against listen this offense for the Saints is terrible they're missing players on the de- on the on the defensive side of the ball but there's still some pro bowl caliber players and I think that for Josh Allen to have a game like this considering all those three things that that I just talked about I think it's at least encouraging.
1: Yeah, th- this is a game that you can absolutely build off of uh, a game that you should be encouraged about if you're a bills fan like i said 82 completion percentage over 300 yards of offense between the, the pa- passing and the rushing uh overcoming a lot of pressure making the smart play the, the right read at, at a lot of the times and then obviously finishing a lot of these drives with touchdowns when it mattered in the second half all things to build upon we've talked about the offensive line getting better They're still, I think, figuring out how to use Matt Breida, but if you can get Breida going a little bit more, that's going to help Josh Allen, uh, which you saw on his touchdown tonight, too. Uh, Once teams have to respect those running backs a little bit more, it's going to help them, whether it's out of the backfield running it or whether it's catching the ball like we saw tonight. Speaking of Matt Breida, if
0: you're (laughs) – you're not listening to the pregame show podcast, I mean, I know most of you guys are, and we appreciate you, but we talked about this in detail today, that we thought that Zach Moss was potentially going to be inactive. Uh, we talked about the Marquez Stevenson thing, which I want to get into a little bit, but I liked the direction that the offense is going with the, now the combination of Brita and Singletary, and it's not necessarily a, a knock on Zach Moss. And I, I almost wonder that, if if you might put Brita in a in a two back situation with Zach Moss, if they couldn't produce, you know, at a similar level. Now let's be honest though, between the two of them, they were averaging three yards a carry. This wasn't some explosive run game for the two of them, but they they were having enough success to make the the, the Saints defense respect the run, which I think maybe opened up some things in the second half for them. But a, a really nice call, and obviously breeder rewards them with another touchdown another impactful play in the passing game
1: yeah th- that was big the, the fact that he was able to find the end zone again so you're right it was a very ho-hum game for the running backs in terms of actually rushing the ball you, you singletary had one nice run of 15 yards uh and then you take that away and his his yard per carry average would have been very uh you know abysmal uh more or less so he was benefited from a good run breeder showed up with the big reception for a touchdown. But you, you did see that burst a little bit. You saw that explosion, and, and that just adds that other dimension, that dynamic. And that's really important for this team. They're still, like we've said, they're still figuring out what what is the best combination of players for this this squad. And it's okay to be working through that right now. You'd rather see them work through this now at this point in the season than uh, late in the regular season or obviously in the playoffs. So if the Bills can figure this out now, they can get firing on all cylinders late in the year when it really matters. The debut of Marquez Stevenson. Every few episodes over the
0: course of the season, Marquez Stevenson's name has popped up in that comment section because, you know, Bills fans have been kind of wanting to see what that kind of speed profile looks like out there. Like, Isaiah McKenzie is a very shifty, quick guy. I think he does have some long speed, but it just – at his size, it doesn't play out the same way. We saw a little bit of everything from Marquez Stevenson today, although I will say I thought that his debut was a little tentative, which I think you come to expect. He hasn't played football in a, in a couple months. I think it's going to be, kind of be a slow process to get him back in. But that one – I think he finally got comfortable there late in the game. He had that one really nice return where he bounced off a couple tacklers. Uh, but a muff punt today, which is, again – Sean McDermott is going to his patience level for that. I think has is, is dwindled with not only the struggles at the running back position, but obviously the big mistake with Isaiah McKenzie. And I know there were some people talking on, on on social media about making Isaiah McKenzie a scapegoat. I think what it what it does is, at least in this game, you, you wanted to give an opportunity to Marcus Stevenson. There wasn't a, a jersey available for Isaiah McKenzie. That doesn't necessarily mean to me that he's going to be inactive you know next game or down the road I, I think they're going to want to use that jet sweep player quite a bit against the Patriots I can see him back in and maybe he's just not going to be the kick returner for a while just to give Marquez Stevenson a chance to see what he has
1: yeah I think of all the players that I mentioned earlier in terms of being the, the wake-up call players I think that McKenzie has the best chance to be back out on the field next week I think that uh, this was an opportunity for him to say listen we can't tolerate the type of fumbles that uh, took place in, in that game against the Colts that being the one where he slipped on the field and he fumbled without ever being touched by a defender in the NFL. That shouldn't be happening. It doesn't matter the conditions, you know that as you're falling to the ground, you need to protect that football. So I think it was a one week deal with Isaiah McKenzie, how he responds to that. You know, we'll see when he gets back out there on the field, but I really do think you'll see him out there again next week. Can't say the same about Moss or Vernon Butler, but I I think McKenzie will get an opportunity, which maybe, you know, Stevenson, Can you find a spot for him in that case? Maybe, maybe not. But I I thought in his first action, he averaged uh, about 9.8 yards per carry on. The punt returns, didn't have a kick return tonight. Um, Whether that was what the Bills told him to do in terms of if they're near the end zone, just let him go, or he was maybe a little tentative. Because there was a few that were catchable in the end zone, shallow in the end zone that he could have taken out, and he decided not to. Uh, I thought it was a fine debut, though, overall. But you're right, the the one muff punt. Uh, could get him right back into that uh, now, being maybe an active going forward.
0: Uh, let's get to some other business here. Uh, really, uh, scary development mm-hmm. here in this game. Tre'Davious White, his leg buckles, kind of slides while he's in coverage. He immediately came up, uh, limping uh, a bit on it. Uh, w- tried to walk it off on the sideline or on the field for a second. Fell down. They came out to tend to him. Uh, took a look at him. They took him off. He walked off on his own power right into the medical tent, and there was obvious frustration on his face. He left the game uh, to the locker room, never returned, and everything out of the locker room, quote-unquote, the press conferences <laughs> – was that there's no significant update on how severe the injury is. I'm sure if it's some type of ACL, I know if you're a Bills fan, you're, you're knocking on wood hoping that that's not the case. If there's some type of ACL situation, that'll probably get reported at some time over the next you know 24 to 48 hours. Kind of get it looked at and, and go from there um about to get kicked out of here but no a, a serious development for this team
1: yeah and listen uh he is one of the most important players on this bill's squad uh if some if this is a significant injury it's going to be interesting to see how the bills answer the call for that because there is no other cornerback on this roster that can do what trey white does in terms of shutting down one receiver consistently on a week-to-week basis uh, levi wallace he's fine he, he does his job well but to expect him to step up in, in terms of being a number one cornerback is not realistic. And then you have a lot of young guys that that lack that type of experience and are true wild cards. So if he is out, if this is a serious injury, it's certainly a blow to Buffalo's chances of getting to the Super Bowl. But that said, uh, you, you never say never, and you just hope for the best for your Bills fan for Trey White.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, there's a question here. How can there not be an update? This is usually kind of how it goes. I mean, if there's uh, immediate, uh, depending on how serious it was, but he was walking around. So it could be, it could be, uh, you know, something, some type of tweak. You don't want to really even guess speculate. on it. Yeah. You don't want to speculate on it because it could be uh, uh, any combination of things, but the way, how angry he was. And I the, mean, there's definitely something going wrong uh, with that. So we'll see how that uh, transpires. Uh, they're, they're going to kick us out here in a second. So we've got to wrap this up and it's a late one. We'll be back with a show. Enjoy the weekend. Um, Watch some football. We're going to be kind of off until next week, but next week's Patriots week. It's the biggest week, you know, probably of the year to this point, because I think this is one of the games where we're finally going to get a true sense of what this bills team is able to do. They're going to probably be at full strength, depending on what happens with this tredavius white situation, which, you know, obviously that's, that creates a whole nother separate storyline that we'll track over the next week, but getting some, pl- some players back up front on both sides of the ball, I think is going to be a key. And then we'll get to, you know, really talk about every angle of it next week.
1: Yeah. Huge week ahead. Uh, this, you know, a huge week in the AFC East just in general. So looking forward to it, man. All
0: right. Hosting a large party this weekend, check out Tops's huge selection of party platters for a delicious, effortless and affordable, no stress way to impress for complete details. Stop by their carryout cafe. Visit topsmarkets.com slash fantasy football. Like this video, subscribe to the channel. We will see you next week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, everybody. Appreciate all your support, watching all the shows, reading all the articles. See you soon. Take care.
1: Chef, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.